Hey, everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi site student ministry. I am one of your hosts, Joe Crabb, and it is always a blessing to be here with you guys and a pleasure to be here with one of our amazing co hosts, Gina. Gina? Hi, everybody. How are you doing, Gina? I'm doing great. Gina and I are joined by our lovely director, Mr. Trevor Callis, who, because we're continuing to record on Zoom, has a mic. Trevor, anything you want to say to the people out there? Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, Trevor, thank you for doing what you do for this podcast and for the kingdom. And for all you guys out there listening, we are excited to be able to uh, talk about uh, this topic at hand. You know, as this episode is being recorded and released, we are all in the thick of school year ministry. Uh, and this time naturally and hopefully brings more and more students into our environments across the campuses. And so what does it look like to assimilate or plug in students well. Um, and so that's what our conversation is all about today. And spoiler alert, the next episode is gonna be all about follow up. So today focusing on assimilation and the thoughts, tips, tricks, and addressing the troubles you and your team face across the campuses as you look to get students connected uh, to what God is doing at your church and at your campuses. And so I'm excited for this and you know to be able to come alongside you guys, hopefully equip and encourage you as well as learn from you along the way. So if you hear anything while you're listening to the podcast you got further questions about, or maybe there's something we just missed or you got an idea you wanna share, we always love hearing from you guys, collaborating and learning from you. And so Gina. Hey. This is it. What a topic we have on our hands today. You, you and me have been doing student ministry for a long time. I'm sure we have been a part of a lot of conversations with the word assimilation or connecting or right. getting kids plugged in. So right off the top of your head, what, what do you hear? What do you think when you hear the word assimilation? Assimilation. Okay. I love this word. It's not a word I use every day, right? <laughs> no, um, that's true. <laughs> Uh, but ministry is about discipleship and discipleship is about relationships at the end of the day, right? Um, so when I think of the word assimilation, I, I think of the word belonging, uh, oh. but I also think about how integrating people into the larger body of Christ, that it's, that is like the goal of discipleship, right? So how yep. do you make that happen? What is that process? That's great. That's uh, right off the bat, uh, a broader base understanding of assimilation. Because I think initially, where I think I, myself, I've seen my get stuck, and others as well, is you think about the initial step, uh, and then you know. But thinking about, yep, initial step. But how does that initial step lead to the larger goal to get them plugged in and to Christ-centered relationships, an active part of the body of Christ uh, in the church there, and so. Great. Let's continue to dive into this topic. So getting students plugged in, connected. Gina, will you share uh, with the listeners what is the current assimilation process for students at Harbor Churches? And as you do so, um, what is aligned and what is contextualized across the campuses? Yeah, I think I want to start by something that I was thinking about is that with student ministry, 
I don't think any of us at the end of the day want to be like, hey, we brought kids into a building and we had a good time and some cool stuff happened. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when a student graduates, what does that mean when that program or that thing is different or they've never stepped foot in like the adult service or whatever that looks like at your campus? So I'm just keep thinking about assimilation two ways at the local campus. One is how are you integrating and um, bringing in someone who maybe is a guest or a visitor, someone who's just not a normal attender. And then I think about at our campus and our student ministries, those kids that are there, what is their next step in the discipleship process? So how are you, how is assimilation a part of that? Um, but ultimately you're bringing new people into the life of the church, but not just your student ministry, also like the whole thing, the whole picture. Yes. Um, yeah. It can't be just fragmented, but it has to be this like strategic, I think Chap Clark calls it a strategic gateway into full participation um and like and the whole church the uh, you know adults old people everything yeah. so here's a few things okay a few things that i that we do and some of this is you know we're we're still figuring it out right oh a hundred percent i i've not met anybody out there who has with confidence said we're crushing it when it comes to assimilation or yeah. plugged in or like there's always room to grow because like it involves people and you know there's no formulaic process but there is a need for a structure so yeah hit yeah. us for some of those those details yeah so some of the structures i think one is we have a habit of being accidentally awesome i like to say that a lot at a campus like a <laughs> campus in our world there might be a campus that's rocking it but it hasn't made it into like this cross-campus process or strategy yeah um, so i think the first thing that is um assimilation is hospitality taking a look at what are how is your are your ministry environment offering hospitality do students feel comfortable and welcome and loved that's the first part the second part is do you even know their names who they are there has to be some kind of info gathering some kind of check-in attendance some way to capture who you have in the room yeah paying attention to who you don't have in the room who hasn't come back who have you not seen in a while um, and this kind of uh, gets fuzzy between like new guests and then the assimilation process, but we're going to focus on who we have in the room. Yeah. And then with those students, um, how are they connected into the community? Uh, are they in a small group? Um, have they gone on any trips? Have they been baptized? So it's knowing who your students are and also being able to check just where they're at. What, how connected are they into our community and then the beautiful thing you need a system to track it so whatever you're using or database are you using it can you click on a kid's name and see how connected they are to your campus if you if i click on a student's name i want to be able to see are they serving are they in a small group have they been baptized and if i know none of those things that it's likely that student isn't very well assimilated so that's true that's, that's kind of our system it's executed across campus um some ways beautifully other ways whoops we just haven't got there yet yeah. to well, different degrees of success but what about for you joe just how does it look at woodside what's your simulation process you guys i think have it nailed down better than we do in terms of where you're at in the whole multi-site like having really good systems and processes in place 
that is that is very very kind of you. And, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think that again, across the board, when you, you, you're checking out different churches and I love, you know, we follow a bunch of you guys on the multi, multi podcast, Instagram. And, um, if we're not follow us and we'll follow back hashtag team follow back. But I, I think that I get that glimpse at times too, where I'm, I'm seeing them like, Oh, they're, this is great. This is great. They're crushing this. And then, uh, we're always, we always know, you know, uh, we're our harshest critics. So I appreciate the encouragement. You're we're not <laughs> as bad as we think we are at times. We're better than it. You know, the press clippings believe, uh, but there's always room for growth. And so I, I love what you shared, Gina, off the bat, because I think it's so important for us to realize, I mean, the why drives the what. So why does assimilation matter? And what are we working towards with assimilation? Because that does then dictate uh, and inform how you proceed from there. What do those practical things look like? And the the why informs the what of how we're going to, to get those students connected and plugged in. And I, I think a lot of times we we address it from the end of yeah, we are nice people. You know, we want to create a, an environment of belonging, and you can assess it and say, "This is this is um, this is going well. This is what we're doing well." I think one of the things that's helpful is uh, to think through what could potentially trip a student up or stop a student from feeling like they are welcomed or they belong. Um, and that's a very nuanced thing. But if you're evaluating your assimilation process currently and your end goal is to get students connected to a group or get a sense of belonging, I would make sure that a part of your evaluation process is what are those things that maybe are blind spots currently? Um, and to help us see if they're blind spots, we need to have more conversations with leaders or across the campus campus staff and or with students and just say, hey, what, um, you know, what is uh, an area that we need to grow in? Or I even thought it beneficial to uh, with a student who's been a little bit newer uh, and they you start seeing them get connected, just saying, like, hey, what what made you stick around? Um, and that sometimes the the good that prevails there, whether it was accidentally awesome or strategically planned or somewhere in between, uh, can help also inform the things that you want to make sure you're, you're the negative things you're not falling into. So um, that why driving the what I think is so key uh, from a practical standpoint. One of the areas in which we're growing in, especially in contextualizing. Uh, being aligned across the campuses and contextualizing across the campuses uh, is, you know, I've shared recently how we've been breaking our team across the campuses up into four different teams. And one of our teams is all focused on assimilation and follow-up. Uh, and part of that has been to, again, you know, mind the trap of, hey, I'm doing this at this campus and this is really working well, but nobody knows about it. And so how do you bridge the gap between um, those things and share resources and uh, you know create alignment in that way, uh, in, a, in a way that's not forced, but in a way that um, helps, you know, in which we can collaborate honestly and say, yeah, this is, these are the best ideas and we're gonna allow them to prevail. Uh, you know, so, there are some things, you know, even from language, uh, we, we've rebranded and we don't call it uh, visitors. We call them new here. And as cheesy as it sounds, it's because we don't want them to visit. We want them to stay. Um, but language matters. And because we found, I know it's been true of us, I'm sure it's been true of a lot of you guys listening, that we have students who go to our church on Sunday, but they don't come to our student ministries. 
And so they're not a visitor at the church. They actually belong there. They just haven't come and gotten connected to that student ministry. And so it's a weird disconnect where I'm telling them, yeah, you you, you might call this home. This has been your family church for however long, but you don't really belong until you belong to this exclusive part within the church. And so just to, you know, get rid of that notion and really think, hey, you're new here, um, as well as a new here person, they can get connected, uh, you know, their first time, second time, third time, maybe they came to an event uh, and they were a visitor there. Well, you know, they're not really a, you know, a visitor anymore. Again, I want them to get plugged in and connected. So some of those semantics, but, you know, we, um, you know, students come, they come to a new here area at some point in time. And right off the bat, we try to make that a quick, easy uh, thing for for them. We don't want it to seem daunting. We don't want it to seem impersonal. Uh, like many of you guys, we try to recruit our leaders or our students to be present there. And um, our staff, always we have at least one staff member who's lingering around that area uh, so that when a new student comes, we can easily get them um, connected. You know, we, they can meet us. We can get them connected to a small group uh, leader or to a student during another student during that time and help bridge those relationship things. And so, uh, or start those foundations for relationships. And so that's kind of uh, it. You know, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about you know, data and tracking and all those things and more details as the practical will come out. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of some baseline stuff as to what it looks like, but let's, let's nail it down some more. Yeah. As you were talking, you talked about how like you might have a student that's connected to Woodside, but isn't involved in your student ministry. And I think what I was thinking through that is just whether it's like a student serving in the nursery or a student sitting in your service um, on a Sunday morning or in your student ministry environment, like how, what is the goal? What are you pointing them towards? What's the next step? And I think that's an important part of the process to think through with your team is uh, like, what is, what is the data you're gathering and why? And what is that next thing you're pointing them toward, depending on where they're at, um, how connected they are or not to in, in the different ministry environments they might be a part of. But um, Joe, as you were talking about like collecting data, what, if, what have you seen to be the most helpful thing to like know and collect and pay attention to? Yeah, uh, you know, and that's changed throughout the years. I, I think we have had four or five different iterations of cards that we've utilized. Um, you know, some long, uh, some short. Uh, and so currently we get, you know, name, grade, gender, and then contact info. Um, we don't get their address. Uh, we used to, we don't get them anymore because we don't do mailers or anything. Um, we, we get a student cell phone number, um, and then we get, uh, parent contact info because students can check, like can do this all themselves. So we're not getting it from any sort of parent right off the bat. We're just getting it from them. So the, the most recent addition that we've had and, and not groundbreaking, but it is, um, helpful is we've also added school to that. Um, and part of the reason why we've asked it to be added into our database as well is in case there's a tragic situation that occurs at a school that we can pull a report specifically 
pertaining to that school and those parents and whatnot. Um, you know, in this in this scenario, I'm talking about a student who's taken their life at a particular school. Um, this allows us to send something out to all of our parents because we'll address it in our student ministry environments that week, as well as to specifically send out another email uh, or form of contact and communication to um, those those parents of that student at that school. Um, knowing that obviously ministry needs to those particular students will be a little bit different um, than, than some of the other ones. And so, so that's been probably the biggest piece um, that's been helpful. Uh, it, the, the reason why it's come you know, to it has been a, a sad one, uh, but it has been beneficial. And I'm sure that there'll be other benefits to, to having it as we have students who are at those particular schools and are starting up prayer groups and be able to communicate some more school specific information of other things that are taking place in those environments as we partner and have a presence there. Uh, but yeah, so that's been, that's been the, the info that we create and currently um, how we do it is we have some print, but it's also moved all online. Um, obviously, we're recording this in fall 2020, which means COVID and pandemic are still a part of our reality. Um, but we uh, we move that all online as well uh, because we do mobile check-in. Uh, we have check-in computers, but we have our leaders do check-in. So what it part of that gap of, hey, that question I said earlier about evaluating what gives a student a sense of belonging is our leaders are taking attendance in group the way our nights are structured and when a student comes to the new here area we put them right into the computer at that point in time the cards online so they're just filling it out on a laptop uh, and then it goes right into the database and so by the time they get into small group that night and a leader pulls up on their phone the check-in that kid's already on their roster um, and so that way, you know, they're able to check them in and so on. And that leader now has that information for that next week to be able to reach back out to that student and so on. And so, you know, there's obviously some caveats within it and cleaning up. What if they only come once now that roster's bloated and you got all these names, all, all those other things, but, um, you know, those things are still being worked out, but from the baseline, being able to do that as part of our process from a practical standpoint has been really helpful to keeping those students connected and talking follow-up, which is in our next episode. But same thing, Gina, I know, and anyone who's been listening since you joined this, this multi-multi-family, you love data uh, in, a good, in a good way. Uh, and so tell me what has been the most helpful data for you guys to collect at Harbor churches across your environment when it comes to new students. Yeah, we have um, a standard student registration form that we that's online. Um, it's, we push that. I like to say whether you come once or every once in a while. Oh, I like or, that language. <laughs> yeah. or, or every week, please fill this out. Um, so I try to not make it feel like, oh, if I fill this out, I'm like obligated to do the whole student ministry thing. But it's like, no, we just, we want to, um, we want you to be safe. We want to have your info. So if you think you're going to come once or every once in a while, fill it out anyway. So we do a big registration push every fall. Uh, and then for like new guests, there would be just a shorter, simpler little card to fill out. We haven't gone completely digital because my campus, which I've mentioned a lot, if your podcast listener is remote, not remote, everybody seems to be remote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, we don't have a campus. 
we're portable. Portable is the word I was looking for. There you go. So yeah. I, <laughs> uh, so I never know what Wi-Fi or whatever I'm going to have. So I have little cards for students to fill out. That's basically I need an email, um, mobile phone, cell phone, whatever name. Um, and then I know there's a lot of like child privacy laws that sometimes we forget. Yeah. Uh, so I try to pay attention to getting permission from parents to collect info from minors, uh, especially if you're asking for social media handles and stuff like that. So I think it's really important if you have an HR person, which hopefully you do, that you make sure you're not, that you're following all those best practices for um, what you're allowed to ask for. But so the visitor thing, I keep it real simple. If they keep coming back, which I love that you said, oh, we don't use the word visitor. Uh, wait, what did you say new? We, did, we just call it the new here area. And yeah. so um, we just say, even from the upfront announcement, we're like, hey, if you're new here, we would just love to give you a special gift and, you know, introduce ourselves to you, get you connected, all, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, no, probably, like yeah, we don't, I, I, we don't call them it. We just say students who are new here. It's we're a little bit more here. cumbersome, but yeah. yeah. No, I love it. Uh, but yeah, in our registration stuff, it's similar stuff to what you said, Joe. Like, I want to know their school. Um, what school they're they're in, what year they're graduating. Um, we we update it every year. They re-register. We make sure if they moved stuff like that. Parent emails. Um, it's a it's per, it's more in depth that registration process than like a new hair card kind of thing. So those are some of the things we do. I love trying to get their social media stuff. Like if they get plugged into a small group, um, their small group leader has like one of those fun like all about you sheets that they're all the That's students right. fill out and right. on that sheet they put you know your favorite candy your favorite color oh, great. Um, hobby and then they put their social stuff on there if they want to that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, I, I've got I've got three real quick questions for you, Gina. Well two real quick ones and okay. then then the next one. Um when it comes to that registration thing that you do at the beginning of every year, is that students who are doing that? Their parents, a combination of both? I, I'm thinking like that that's probably a good practice I'm going to want to go after for us at Woodside. So what is, what does that look like? Just real quick answer for the listeners and for myself. Yeah. So I could take yeah. some notes. We target parents in that. So okay. parents are filling it out. Um, so students themselves tend to not be the ones that read like our emails that we send <laughs> that talk okay. about it. Definitely. Uh, so yeah. So if it's a student who's a guest, it's that little guest card. And then, um, then if, when they keep coming, then you establish a relationship with a parent, hopefully, and be like, hey, yep. I've noticed your, you know, your daughter has been hanging out with us a bit. Let's get her registered. That's um, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the other one is, you know, in this, the assimilation process here, the, the new here, the visitors, everybody does gifts at some point, I think. What do you guys give to your, your guests, your new here students? You guys have anything that you give to them? Oh, I love gifts. It's like my love language. I feel like I moved to an area of West Michigan where people are so cheap. Um, <laughs> so I don't feel like churches do it enough out here. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of the things I learned for guest services, oh, if, if you're listening to this conversation, get to know whoever's running your guest services at your campus because okay. they have probably have this nailed down and you can learn a lot from each other. That's smart. Uh, but did you know if you give out t-shirts, it creates a moment where, uh, I know it's awkward asking someone their t-shirt size, but it becomes a little moment where you can like interact and have 
yeah it's like a joke learn their name it takes a little longer than just handing them a candy bar or something um so if you have the budget t-shirts are great because it just creates this interaction uh, but at right now i'm at the point of sending like confetti and a gift card to like a local oh that's great coffee shop or something depending if it's middle school or high school yeah that's cool that's cool i um you know for for us the the thing that we've this has been a, a new process this year one um we do for the first time that they come we do these little envelopes that if you anyone who's ever played the game clue when you put the final three clues in there and you pull it out it's that size type of envelope because we were giving kids bags and kids leave bags they just leave the stuff there or they're like oh it's a water bottle now i'm giving them something to hold the rest of the night but that thing it just slides into a pocket and so it's super easy. We put a small like business card in there with a QR code that you could scan that gave more info, had our social info on there. Um, and then we put a little, we, we bought a bunch of $5 gift cards, Taco Bell, Starbucks, Target, and like one more. And they just got to choose which gift card they got. Um, and so the the next step for it i was like we need to put something on the envelope so it's not it, we just put like a stamp of our ministry logo on it but it needs to say like don't forget to open me up so if a kid like pulls it out and like leaves it on the counter and then mom or dad sees it you know they're like oh oh this is this is kind of cool or whatever um though so we do that now for anybody their first time and then the the assimilation and follow-up team they came up with the idea to do a gift when somebody comes back like their third time um, and something a little bit bigger. Uh, and I, I, I love the thought behind it because it's like, oh, you're celebrating commitment in that regard. Like you're not, we're not like lording it over. I'm like, don't forget, once you hit this third time, you get this new gift. It's just like a surprise almost. Um, and so we're working on how to track that and so on to be able to say, oh, hey, this is your third time coming. Um, you know, hey, come here. Or like you just walk up to him like, Hey bro, like this is your third time. I just want to say thanks for being here. We love that you, you know, found community here and so on. So, um, it'll be cool, but I'd be remiss if you're talking about visitors new here, all that stuff. You don't talk about gifts. That's such a huge part intention point. Um, <laughs> that, and that one it's, it's actually, you know, we're doing like little drawstring bags, water bottle, lanyard. It's a bigger gift in that, that yeah. regard. Um, but all right, so that was two out of the three questions. Oh wait, I wanted. Oh, go for it. I'm gonna add something. Um, this is uh, my young life part because part of my job, if you're a listener, is I do a little bit of young life too. Is we do a raffle. So uh, at the end of every um, gathering that I have, all the kids at the very end get out their raffle tickets. Okay. So you get one for attending. I give them an extra one if they bring a friend. Uh, I give them like an extra one or their small group leader will give them an extra one if they bring their Bible, even whether it's on their phone or, or the actual like physical Bible. Yeah. Uh, so, and then guests always get extra. And this is a trick yeah. I learned from a young life leader that we try to have the new kids win. Yes. So put their raffle ticket in my pocket and then, you know, slide a hand, pull it out. Um, so that the new kids are winning the raffle at the end of the night. So that's another thing that I love to do. There is, there is, there is going to be some, some kid who goes to Harbor churches who just decided to listen to the podcast and is now going to be so angry. That, Why don't I win anything? <laughs> but I agree. It's all about, um, all about trying to give those new people that those gifts and those moments. And so, um, and we, we've talked a bit about, 
um, even earlier about students who come to the church, but don't come to the ministry. And so I kind of just want to just a, a quick offshoot of that. Um, you know, what does the assimilation process for a student look like who's never stepped foot into a student ministry environment at Harvard, right? So I'm a high school guy, I'm, I'm a, at your service, and I hear an announcement about high school ministry, and I go to the Connect desk. What does that look like from a main service? How, how are you guys getting um, people from main service connected into the ministry? To be honest, it's usually the parent, and then there's like yeah. some um, high school 16 year old standing there with his eyes down, not looking at me. Uh, who's like, Oh, my mom pulled me over here. That's generally the situation. Uh, so one, I said earlier, make BFFs with your guest services or first impressions person, be a part of the process. Like what info is in that bag or that, um, in that process that families are getting to help them connect with your student ministry. Uh, what's the next step you're pointing them to? And I think instead of just giving like, here's all the things we do, what I would encourage um, everyone to do with their teams and something that I wanna do better with my team is gather your student ministry team. Think about your church, the whole thing, not just the student ministry lane that you're in. And then um, how are you pointing towards assimilation and every, a ministry area That's that you might find a student in. So what I'd encourage you to do is like open, get that whiteboard and sticky notes and just think about all the different areas that a student might be involved in. That high school kid that you just mentioned that just showed up for the first time on a Sunday morning and heard some announcement about something. Okay, write that down. Write down um, the church nursery, whatever it is with your team. Think through I'll think through your assimilation process through that lens of just writing down every possible on-ramp that you have. And then, uh, and then create, like, uh, I think I read this in someone's blog post, like create avatars of like the people of the okay. students, like picture the homeschool kid, picture the kid that comes on a Sunday morning with their mom, but isn't interested in anything else. Picture um, all the different scenarios. Um, so make a few of those avatars and then list everything that you're currently doing that might connect with that person yeah um, yeah and then go through that process list the list things that you want to add that maybe you didn't think through uh, as someone walks through your lobby or um, interacts with some other ministry in your church um so think about all the things that you could add um and then what are you, and then are your campuses all doing this? Is it just one that's accidentally awesome? So this is definitely something to do with your team. Um, and then what do you urgently need to fix or tweak or do to help make that assimilation process better? Because um, honestly, I haven't nailed it down. This is something I want to keep getting better at. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the, the keys are, and I, I would encourage, you know, when it comes to alignment across campuses, I think part of the, the thing is just the need to stop and have the conversation to say, hey, what are we doing and what works best? Um, because, you know, we want to make sure that we have a great process that gets students connected and gets them plugged in long term, as you, you mentioned so many times throughout this podcast, which I love, like, we're leading with that end in mind, uh, as opposed to, hey, this is what you have to do because I need the data because I need to know how many kids are coming and what you're like, that that less rigid and more like relational aspect, even for us as a student ministry team, I think is so key to keep in, uh, in mind as we're doing assimilation. And, and assimilation, a lot of ways, is something that can really be 
aligned and should be, you know, because of best practices, best ideas, um, and continuing to, as a team, uh, collaborate on it. And so, you know, for Woodside, uh, uh, holistically, you know, a student comes on a Sunday morning with us moving our connect card that a, a new person would fill out when they came in a student ministry environment, moving that digitally, um, we are now able to more easily do that even on a Sunday morning service. So from a slide um, that rolls through, you know, pre-service and just, hey, student, want to get connected, have more questions, text this number, um, you know, and put that in a bulletin or when somebody is making a stage announcement, they can do it right then and there. Uh, and so that's essentially the biggest way what it looks like is that they get connected um, through that way now when they go to a desk or anything like that or the parent comes to the desk we usually always have one of our student staff members within shouting range in the lobby anyways um, and I'm sure across the campuses you know they're all in the lobby at various points and so you know you get that personal connection when you can um, but yeah that's that's kind of the the main way and I think another important thing is make sure they have the up-to-date information. Like, what do you want them to know? If you're not around on a Sunday morning, you're not at a connect desk, you're not anywhere around, you, they need to know when you meet, what you have going on and so on, because you, you will get parents or grandparents or sometimes even students who are looking to get connected. So, um, all right, Gina, this has been a phenomenal conversation and I, I, I've got to help us land the plane because I feel like we could both talk about this for three plus hours because I think it's such a huge daunting thing. But it looks like you got one more thing you want to say because I have one more question for us. Oh. <laughs> it's your favorite question. Oh, my favorite question. If you could wave a magic wand, but we'll focus it and fix anything or about your assimilation process, or do that, what would it? what would it be? What would it be? <laughs> and I always say you can't um, you can't say money or more stuff, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. I like that you make that cat like you can't wish for more wishes. Right. Oh gosh. I was thinking that um it's that cross campus alignment. Cause okay. like yeah, you might be rocking it, but how how can we make a bigger kingdom impact by all doing this together? Um I would I want to put energy there. Um, and it's something you said about just the different ways you're communicating, which I, um, your website, everyone will have an awesome website. When I wave my magic wand, it'll be updated oh and full of yes. beautiful information. Yes. Um, my, mine would be, um, I, I think, and it probably universal for many, a better, better database that was just easier to navigate. And you like, I come up with so many ideas and so I'm like, ah, I don't know if the database can do that. And I'm like, I just want it to be able to do that. Right. Like just an easy database that allow you to easily text or automate. And so, and I, I'm sure our database knows how to do it but it doesn't do it as easily as an app does on my phone for other things. Right. right. So uh, that would be my, my magic wand, a, a, a database app version that makes everything super easy and simple and communicates, um, you know, things out and so on. So that's my magic wand. This has been a magical conversation. Um, and for those of you guys listening, I hope it's been encouraging and helpful to you guys as it has been to, to both Gina and I. Uh, and 
like I shared at the top of the show, if there's anything that we share that you've got more questions about, anything that we could help you and your team figure out, um, or you've got ideas that you want to share with us as you've heard you know, us talk about what we need to grow in and what we're trying to tackle with our teams. Feel free to, to reach out to us, whether it's um, you know through our email, multi-multi-podcast at Gmail, or through any of our socials, multi-multi-pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. And with that, we bid you adieu. Till next time, guys. Bye. Bye.